It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Hokie Hour starts now here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Guests and callers can get their way onto the show on the Baker Team Hotline. 540-639-4900. Before we dive wholeheartedly into the Hokies, however, we need to make sure you're taken care of for every conversation that might pop up in the sports world. Basically, we need to get you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. So the Dallas Cowboys finally went ahead and named their next head coach and Mike McCarthy, the former head man for the Green Bay Packers. While everyone else might want to talk about with, oh, it's such a great hire, he's won a Super Bowl. What you want to say when you're in your conversations at the water cooler is flat out that the Cowboys somehow bungled the hiring process more so than they bungled the firing process of Jason Garrett. It is an absolute embarrassment. Does Jerry Jones not realize that time is appropriately ticking for him he doesn't have a ton of time here so why go get a guy who might win you one Super Bowl over the next 12 years one Super Bowl over the next 10 years like he did in Green Bay go get someone that might be dynamic enough to win right now whether that was Lincoln Riley Matt Rule Urban Meyer whether it was someone with a little bit more pizzazz or not you had to at least interview him they interviewed two guys Marvin Lewis and Mike McCarthy and I would have been saying the same thing about both that leaves the Panthers, Giants, and Browns as the only teams, the only teams, excuse me, still looking for coaches. They're not even shopping in the same aisles. Panthers need someone that can win right now because David Tepper is going to be asking the city for money. Giants need someone that can develop quarterbacks because Daniel Jones is going to need a lot of it. And the Browns need Phil Jackson. They need someone to deal with egos out there that can make Rodman and Jordan and Pippen and Baker and OBJ and Jarvis and Chubb, all these guys get along. Also, Tua going pro, not coming back to Alabama. Uh, The most obvious news of the day. But when everyone else is talking about, oh, Tua, where's he going to go? What you need to be talking about is what type of team is he going to go? Not where in the draft, but what type of team? There's two that want Tua. One, a team that has an old school, old quarterback who they want to give one more year to think the Chargers with Rivers think maybe even the Steelers with Roethlisberger or a team going for the super tank the super tankers if you will the deluxe tankers if you will the teams that are willing to completely punt on the upcoming year not play him so they can continue to stink and then they'll draft a number one wide receiver a number one left tackle a pass rusher so Tua and him can be rookies in the same year the following year consider it sixers level tanking draft and bead don't play him till the next year get two draft picks out of it in the nba gobert fouled ingram at the end of the game ingram for the pelicans driving against the jazz to tie it force overtime gets fouled they review it they still say it's a no call there is something about new orleans that refuses to let end-of-game situations, foul calls, end-of-game situations with reviews, replays go their way. The Jazz walk away with the win even though they shouldn't. Luka, 38-11-10. I mean, everyone's going to be talking about Luka. I just want to make sure you're informed. The guy is that darn good. They beat the Bulls. He's now making darn near 40-point triple-doubles look civilian look pedestrian look like that's what we should just expect from Luca from now on there's Giannis and there's Luca 
There are two foreign-born players that are absolutely killing it in the NBA, and I think they got next. Louisiana beat Miami of Ohio in the Lending Tree Bowl last night, last bowl outside of the national championship game. 27-17 the final score. That game means almost nothing. But what it does tell you is the state of Louisiana is now undefeated in bowl games, and there's one left to play. LSU taking on Clemson. I feel like it's been uh, a, a month since either of those teams last played, and we still have to wait all the way until next Monday to see them play against each other. It's a Super Bowl-level break, 16 days between. Which team will it benefit? The team that played Ohio State and really got banged up, or LSU? and a team that hasn't really played a competitive game in a very long time. It'll be interesting to find out. And finally, in gotcha covered, a little bit of hokey news. Deshaun McLeese, fifth-year senior this past year, running back for the Virginia Tech Hokies, has announced he will forego his sixth year, which he would have been granted due to injury, uh, to, to go ahead and go pro. And it's, it's a decision that he had to make. If he has dreams of playing at the next level, there isn't much of a market for running backs that have an insane amount of tread uh, taken off their tires in a six-year career. So Deshaun McLeese is on his way out of Virginia Tech and into the NFL draft. Luckily for the Hokies, they've been planning for this. Khalil Herbert, graduate transfer coming in. Marco Lee, junior college transfer coming in. Keyshawn King, uh, a player that was given reps this past year, still around. And there are a few others, uh, namely some true freshmen, that are going to be mixed into that, that rotation as well. So Deshaun McLeese, see ya. Hokies doing just fine. Just under the wire with Gotcha Covered, making sure you are taken care of in every conversation. Now we can make sure you are taken care of when it comes to the Hokies, uh, and that's what we do here on Hokie Hour. Every single day, 7 to 8, it is Hokies all day, uh, or all hour, I guess would be more appropriate. Um, sometimes it does spill over, though. Sometimes it's all hour and then some. Um, and we're going to get things started with a little top four at four, even though it's seven. We're still working on it. Morning show kinks to work out. It's a top four list. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. You ready to play ball? Let's go! Here's your top four at four. Right! All right, we're going with top four reasons for Hokie basketball optimism. They're coming off a tough loss to UVA, big game tonight against Syracuse, reasons to be optimistic about Mike Young and the fellas for the Virginia Tech basketball program. Starting with number four. They have a lot more big games on the schedule. I said this about the, the the football team when they lost to Duke as well. Sometimes the best part about a hard schedule is there are a lot of games that can change the entire complexion of your season. You lose to UVA by a bunch, and you double back and beat uh, Syracuse by a bunch. Suddenly, it feels like a different season. You lose to UVA and Syracuse. You beat North Carolina by a bunch. Suddenly, it feels like a whole different season. You beat UVA the next time. You beat Duke in Cameron. You beat Louisville. You beat uh, any of these uh, ACC teams. When you beat them, you can change the entire complexion of your season. Right? Imagine if during the football season for the Hokies, instead of playing Miami on the road for their fifth game of the year, they played some scrub. They played... Uh, uh, Rhode Island again, or if they played Maine, or if they played UVA Wise, right? So, some some cupcake tune-up game. Uh, you know, you win that one, it doesn't change the complexion of your season at all. 
because they had a big-time program on the road, Miami on the road, when they won that game, it changed everything. So expect the Hokies to have a few of those games coming up, and if they win them, we could be talking about this team in a whole different light. It's a reason for optimism. Number three. Mike Young took the loss on Saturday hard. We had a caller yesterday who called in and said, didn't it seem like Mike Young was just sad? Didn't he look downtrodden? And and I agreed. I did think he looked that way. And that's a reason for optimism. Not that, you know, you're being coached by Eeyore, but but it's it's a it's a reason for optimism because you don't get upset when you lose a game that you should have lost. Right? When when we were at Delaware and we lost to a Power Five conference school, we didn't get bent out of shape about it. The coaches didn't get angry at us. It was basically like, eh, what are you gonna do? But if we lost a game to a team that we thought we should win, we should beat them, we should compete with, that's when the coaches w- were, were beaten. That's where the, the locker room was sullen. So if Virginia Tech's locker room was sullen after losing to UVA, that meant that people in that locker room believed they should win. And I like a team that has that kind of belief. It's a reason for optimism. Number two. They are all freshmen. I feel like I have to keep reiterating this to Hokie Nation. They are all freshmen. Landers Nolly's winning ACC Freshman of the Week seemingly every week. Jalen Cohn came into the game against UVA and looked like a chicken with his head cut off in the first half. Ran around, jumping up, committing fouls, uh, leaving his feet without a plan. Second half he came in and he was a spark. It was a freshman growing up in front of our eyes. They are all freshmen. They will continue to get better. If these guys were all seniors, I'd be really worried. I'd be like, whoa, whoa. Because by the time you're a senior, you kind of are what you are. These guys are not what they are going to be. They are all freshmen. They will be better Tuesday than they were Saturday. They'll be better Wednesday than they were Tuesday. And they'll be better next year than they are this year. That's a reason for optimism. Whole bunch of improvement on the, on the uh, horizon for the Hokies. And finally, number one. Number one reason for optimism for Hokie basketball this year. Landers Nolly. Landers Nolly. Landers Nolly. 15 points in the first half against UVA. UVA is the number one scoring defense in the country. 353 teams, nobody allows fewer points per game than the Virginia Cavaliers. And in the first half, Landers Nolly said, defense? What defense? Number one out of 353, or did you mean, is that high or low? Is ace high or low? Is, is, is number one the best? Number one, are you counting up? He didn't know because he made them into a sieve. 15 points in the first half against the number one defense in the country, and he's a freshman, and he's six seven, and he's former Mr. Basketball of the state of Georgia, and he's a former top 70 recruit, and he's going to be all ACC freshman team. He's in the top five in scoring in the best conference in basketball, and he's a freshman. He will only get better. Just like the other guys will improve, so will he. His starting point is just so much higher. And that's why for the last 
what, five weeks, the number one reason for optimism for Hokie basketball has been and will continue to be until someone knocks him off the throne. Landers, Nolly. We'll be back. Oh, oh, sorry. Ah, you pulled oh, the rug out. I pulled the rug out from under him. All right, one more time, one more time. Landers, Nolly. We'll be back with more Hokie news ahead of their game against Syracuse tonight. He's Delaware's best holder. That's hilarious. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be devastating. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. I don't remember it taking this long to get to Thunder. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm wondering. There we go. In honor of one of the greatest tailgate drinking games of all time. You ever play Thunderstruck? No. Wait, that's a thing? It is one of the greatest. It will aggressively get the party started at a tailgate. You play Thunderstruck. And every time the word thunder is, you stand in a circle, right? Okay. Someone starts drinking, and every time the word thunder is said, the per- the next person starts drinking, and you chug until thunder is said again, and then the next person starts drinking. Because normally it's thunder, thunder. But there's two sections in the song where you get caught, and you never know who it's going to be in the, in the way, and then it's just a long chug. Everyone else gets like two seconds. Two people during the song get uh, molly-whopped. So you re- reshuffle up the order and play again. Um, <laughs> That's it, awesome. It's a, a wild time. It'll get the, the, the tailgate started. Um, let's talk Hokies versus Syracuse tonight. Hokie basketball in a, another um, ACC game. And from this point on, it's only ACC games. This one's a bit different because it's against Syracuse in Syracuse. Right? So, so you're up in, in upstate New York going up against what looks like a foreign defense in Syracuse 2-3 zone. Right? Two three zones are good for two things. One, when you have a group of, of out of shape old men in men's league and they're getting tired of chasing around man to man defense. So usually somewhere in the second half, someone goes, Let's go two three. Let's go two three. Hey, I got the I got the bottom block on the two three. And then, and then you play two three. And the other thing is Jim Bayheim making coaches tear their hair out while being the head coach at Syracuse. It's not easy going up against their 2-3 zone. And it will test your mental fortitude. Right? These young guys on Virginia Tech will have to learn how to be frustrated and not take it out on the game. There's a reason why Syracuse every single year is on the bubble for the NCAA tournament, right? They're either the last four in or the first four out. And as soon as they're one of the last four in, they end up in the Sweet 16. Right, They don't win all of their games in the Atlantic Coast Conference because those coaches have seen the 2-3 often enough. Those players have seen the 2-3 often enough, and they know how to beat it. But when they're playing Arizona State or they're playing some generic Pac-12, Big 12 team or a mid-major in the, in the first couple of rounds in the NCAA tournament, they've never seen the 2-3 before, and it's like speaking a different language. So they beat a bunch of teams that are actually better than them because they're unusual. I equate it to the triple option in football. Right, You can run the triple option and run it well and beat teams that have more talent than you because of your scheme. That's what Syracuse does. They don't have as much talent. Barama Sidibe, Merrick Dolezal, they have a bunch of guys on that team that maybe wouldn't be premier players on other rosters outside of Elijah Hughes. But when you put them in that 2-3 zone, when you put them in that that foreign language, suddenly they're going to win. Right? If 
if I if I raced you through the town of Blacksburg, I think I could probably beat you. You think? I could. Right? And I'm not even just saying running. I'm saying like you can, you can catch an Uber. You can grab a, a city bike. You can uh, cut across the drill field, right? If I raced you through Blacksburg, I think I'd win. But if you spoke Spanish and I was racing you through Madrid, you'd probably win, right? Even if you're not a faster person than me because you'd be able to ask directions. You'd be able to hail a cab faster. You'd be able to you, – you understand what I'm saying? Right. So Syracuse, if they played – straight up like man-to-man basketball against Virginia Tech, I think Virginia Tech would have uh, a lot of success. But they're not even trying to do that. They're trying to bring the Hokies to Madrid, and they're going to speak Spanish. right? They're going to play this 2-3 zone, which is a whole different whole different scenario. right? Uh, the, the good news is, and I, I covered Syracuse for a while. Uh, I, I worked at an affiliate for Syracuse up in upstate New York at, at an ESPN affiliate in Ithaca, New York. So I covered Syracuse, talked with Matt Park, the voice of uh, of the Syracuse Orange often. And and one thing that they do struggle with is opposing teams that have multiple shooters. Some days the Hokies fit that category. Right? If, if, if Couture's knocking them down, Aline's knocking them down, we're going to assume that Nolly's knocking them down. P.J. Horn's got to shoot better than he did against UVA going 0 for 9 from 3. If, if they have three, four, five guys that are having a day where the ball's going in from deep, that is what Syracuse struggles with. They are not going to let you beat them inside. They are not going to get rattled. They are going to play solid if boring offense. And you can beat them with multiple shooters. Now, uh, I'd be interested to see uh, – I'll put it this way. I know if the three ball is falling for the Hokies, they'll win this game. I know. If they shoot 40% or above from three, they're winning this game. right? And, and I rarely talk in definitives like that, but I'm saying it. They'll win this game. On the flip side of that coin is I'm really interested to see what they will do against this zone if the three ball is not falling for them. Because I, I mean, the talent level between a school like UVA and Syracuse is drastic. You shouldn't get run out of the gym. You shouldn't allow guys like Kihei Clark and Mamadi Diakite to have the types of games that they had against Virginia Tech on Saturday from anyone at Syracuse outside of Elijah Hughes. Elijah Hughes can score. I'll give them that. So, so I hope the three ball is falling because that means the Hokies are going to win. But if they don't, this game becomes much more interesting. Can Wabisabidi, as the point guard, penetrate and collapse that 2-3 zone? Can Landers Nolly pump fake and drive? Can uh, down low, P.J. Horn and Nolly and, and, and whoever can get to the rim, Jalen Cohn, Aline, uh, Radford, who is just getting to the rim whenever he wants, if those guys can do, make something happen and collapse that zone, it'll be interesting. So, so if the Hokies knock down the three, I think they win. But I'm not ruling it out even if they can't knock down the three. I do think this is an important game as far as setting them up for a successful winner, uh, setting themselves up for a successful ACC slate, uh, but I don't think it's a be-all, end-all at that. So give me a couple keys to the game there and make sure the Hokies come out on top. We're going to take a break. When we come back, our favorite segment of Hokie Hour, it's time for Hashtag Hokies. 
Welcome back in. Tim Donnelly Show, Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035-1460 AM. Live inside the Makadu studio, guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline, 540-639-4900. Thank you to the Louise Baker team over at Long and Foster for bringing you the phone lines. Once again, that phone number to get in touch with the show, 540-639-4900. Now, we have to find a way to work this back into the show. We did this in the afternoons. We haven't done it yet in the mornings. This is our second day from 6 to 9. It is the half-hearted weather update from Lowbro. Well, it is definitely snowing outside. It's hey, he got one. <laughs> I have a that might be my most uh, most hearted like that yeah, might even most be most accurate. Yeah, and uh, because I you know if you've listened to the show in the afternoons, I sometimes will I'll actually say like sometimes I won't e- can't even tell if it's raining sometimes. <laughs> like I will literally be like, hey, it's uh, is it raining? I can't, I can't tell. We have a big window in the studio, and he has a hard time yeah. looking out it. But, but today there is accumulating snow. It's very visible, mm-hmm. very very visible. Um, so uh, drive safe, you know. Uh, use some caution. What kind of snow is it? Describe it for us. It's very uh, it's white. It's uh, the, the white snow. It's a uh, powdery, um, and it is coming down not like hard. Would you consider this like a hard snow? I think it's coming down pretty good out there. It's like steady, I guess. It's like a like a rain like rain. It's like shower, but not pouring. Like a, like a light snow shower. And for those of you that haven't tuned in in the afternoon, uh, you can know one thing. Lobro is... Not a licensed meteorologist. As if you could not tell. Also, wear yourself some layers. I've got like a hoodie and a heavy coat on because I am freezing in here. Yep, yeah, you're cold even in the studio. Um, here, here's the deal, everybody. Every time about this time of day, uh, we come with something in Hokie Hour that we call... Hashtag Hokies! Uh, hashtag Hokies is real simple. We find something on the Twitter verse, uh, a post, a tweet, a thread, a video, uh, something that's caught the attention of Hokie Nation on Twitter. We drag it up into the light off of the the dark web that we call Twitter, and we have the conversation right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. And and for today, uh, it's it's actually the second day in a row we're going to to Coach Foster's Twitter, Coach Foster VT. Uh, he posted a video, or not? Excuse me, a picture. It's not a video explaining that he's only given one other lunch pail out, and it was to Hokie legend Daryl Tapp, right? Uh, the, the rumors are going into Daryl Tapp's junior year, he essentially told the team, someone can take this lunch pail from me when they outwork me. And he left with it in his possession. Coach Foster was like, hey, no one ever outworked you. Uh, here you go. And he took it with him to every stop he had in the NFL. To Seattle, to New Orleans, to Philadelphia, to every team that Daryl Tapp played for over a 10-year career, he, he took the, the lunch pail with him. Wow. Yesterday, Coach Foster gave out the second lunch pail that he's ever given out to Coach Wiles. Charlie Wiles, uh, defensive line coach for over two decades at Virginia Tech. The deputy, if you will, to Bud Foster's sheriff. sheriff. Bud Foster's right-hand man, his second-in-command. If there is a, a you know, uh, if there was a chain of command in the lunch pail defense, this guy was second in line to the throne for a long time. And I'm just going to say it. Something felt incomplete about the fact that Charlie Wiles, uh, a guy that poured his blood, sweat, and tears into Virginia Tech for two-plus decades, a guy that contributed to the development of Daryl Tapp, 
Chris Ellis, uh, Orion Martin, uh, Ricky Walker, you name the the defensive linemen that have come through, Corey Moore, John Engelberger, you name the defensive linemen that have come through Virginia Tech, and, and, and most of them, especially, uh, obviously, the ones that have played this century, were molded by Charlie Wiles along with Bud Foster. There was something incomplete, something unfulfilling about watching this guy get his his lunch pail at PK's on a Monday afternoon. It wasn't in the stadium. It wasn't with Hokie Nation applauding. It wasn't with the fanfare that I believe Charlie Wiles deserved. It was it was dare I say a small deal when it should have been a big deal. And and a tweet from Coach Foster. Obviously Bud wanted to recognize him. And he did, right? Giving him that lunch pail is something that I'm sure Coach Wiles will cherish from now until forever. But but it felt like more should have been done. Like that should have happened at a halftime. Like that should have happened at least at the spring game. And I don't know what the relationship is between Coach Wiles and Virginia Tech right now. I don't know if Coach Wiles is going to end up coaching somewhere else. I don't know. I hope he gets to do whatever he wants to do. But I do know that the relationship between Hokie Nation and Coach Wiles, I do know the relationship between the lunch pail defense and Coach Wiles can never be compromised. Can never be compromised. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And, 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 his legacy will live on, right? As I said, he coached Daryl Tapp, right? Daryl Tapp is now uh, on the defensive coaching staff, right? When Daryl Tapp earned the right to have that lunch pail uh, that he has and that he carried with him all, all through his NFL career, he was coached by Coach Wiles, right? So there is that element of um, – you know, Coach Wiles' legacy will live on. I just feel like his legacy should have been honored more on the way out. I understand it's a business. I understand that they might have had to move on and they didn't want to have two cooks in the kitchen or whatever it is. But the the goodbye could have been more cordial. Right? The the uh, Sometimes a forced retirement still comes with a retirement party. I'm not even saying he's retiring, but I'm saying, you know, you part ways and you still get the party. And I think he should have still gotten the party more than a tweet. And I'm happy to say that if, if you clicked on it and you, and you read most of the things uh, that were in response, most of the tweets that were in response, it was all positive. I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall. Bud Foster, Charlie Wiles, sitting at PKs, tossing a couple back exchanging the 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 lunch pail I wish I could have been a fly on the wall or at least you know have a have a listening ear to what was said in that conversation but we'll never know 
They will, and I'm glad they will, but we'll never know. We're going to take a break. When we come back, sticking with Hokie football, uh, we, we said it how many times? 42 of 44 players on the two deep will be returning next year. Well, turns out now two of them, this is the second time we've had this conversation, will not be. Who's on the way out? Next. Low bro doesn't know the weather. And as always, Logan is not a licensed meteorologist, if you couldn't tell. But your forecast includes more of the Tim Donnelly Show on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show back on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035-1460 AM. Just to update on the weather here quickly, here in Fairlawn where our studios are located, it's about halfway up the curb. Right? I think we'll go with that. Yeah. A parking lot entirely covered, about halfway up the curb. Uh, so, so if there's, uh, you know, the little blocks at the end of parking spots, you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. About halfway up one of those. What's that? An inch? Maybe an inch? Maybe, yeah. But then the roads out there are looking a little bit, little bit covered too. Not, not as bad as the parking lot, of course. But sure. Good. Uh, uh, yeah. so, so just drive slow. Drive careful. If someone's behind you, they want to be a jerk. Let them go be a jerk. You don't have to do it. Exactly. I have liked the fact that now that we've started the morning show, and, and thank you guys for starting your mornings with us. This is our, our uh, second day going 6 to 9 in the morning after over a year and a half uh, going 3 to 6 in the afternoon. Um, I do like the fact when you're driving in at 3.30 in the morning, there's nobody else on the road. It's kind of therapeutic to just drive. Yeah. Like, I usually, I you know, I come in a little earlier too now. So, like, it's – Definitely, it's like nighttime. It's, it's well, it so, is nighttime. It's right? literally. I mean, it's it's quite. It's well, technically morning, but actually, it's like, it's like reverse. It's like reverse. You know, nighttime. I'll t- I'll tell the story uh, real quickly of of yesterday. First time I I'd w- I woke up at three thirty. I think is when I woke up yesterday, and uh, alarm goes off, and of course it startles my wife as well, right? Because my al- alarm is is right there. She wakes up and she goes and it's real windy. She goes, it's so windy this morning. And she's still half asleep, and she pauses and goes, or tonight. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm still getting up in the middle of the night. Appreciate you for reminding me. Move it along. Go back to sleep. Um, but, uh, but it is what it is. We, we're, we're up early, and we're happy that, that you are also tuned in to uh, the Tim Donnelly Show to start your day, uh, hopefully with your morning commute. All right, so, so all season, one of my favorite statistics about the Hokie football team was 42 out of 44. 42 out of 44 on the two-deep roster uh, were players that had eligibility remaining and could return uh, in time for, for next year, right? Uh, they, they were players that, that were juniors or less in eligibility. Since the end of the season, we've had Dylan Rivers, who was a, a four-star linebacker, backup, uh, kind of transitioned to the middle linebacker situation this year, uh, started, I believe, seven or eight games in 2018, uh, he announced that due to to medical issues, he was forge- foregoing his his years remaining of eligibility and joining the strength and conditioning staff. Now Deshaun McLeese, running back, uh, was a fifth-year senior this past year with the ability to apply for a sixth year due to injuries. He's decided to forego his final year of eligibility uh, to enter the NFL draft. Now this is not your traditional leaving early for the NFL draft story. So don't think that Deshaun McLeese is doing the same thing that that Tua Tungo Vailoa is doing, or don't think that he's doing the same thing that other you know 
first-round draft picks are doing. That's not, right? He, he's not saying there's money that I can't pass up here. What he's saying is I have a dream of playing at the next level, which is what I think most kids, you know, in their lives when they're playing a sport, they have a dream of playing it professionally. Deshaun McLeese has that dream along with many others. The problem with running backs is the older you get, the less attractive you are. The more carries you have, the less attractive you are to the next level. And and when you are a six-year player in college, you're kind of telling the NFL, I'm cool with just being a college running back. You have to get out after your fourth or fifth year so you still have something left in the tank to give whatever NFL team gives you a chance. Six-year running backs kill their chances. So this was was not necessarily him saying, I got to go. It's kind of the clock saying, we're expired, bud. Uh, you know, it's ticking down. It tick, 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 and, and, and it's getting louder and faster, and you, you better make a decision here. And he made the decision that he feels is best for him, and, and you can't knock a player for that. Now, now as Hokie fans, you know, I think he would have been an asset in their backfield this year, uh, this upcoming year, the, the 2020 year. And without him, you need to turn elsewhere. Luckily, it looks like the, the Hokie coaching staff may have been tipped off or at least had some kind of indication that this decision might happen. And the reason I say that is because uh, they went and got Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert is a, a, a graduate transfer running back from Kansas. And it looks like he will step into the role that McLeese occupied, kind of that main guy. He's already getting quite a bit of love from teammates on social media. I believe they're referring to him as the juice and saying the juice is loose. Rhymes. Gotta love him. I didn't say they were the most creative team. I'm just saying they're showing him love on social media. Uh, So Khalil Herbert's coming in. I think he will take... A, a large portion of the carries. Marco Lee is a junior college running back. And I've said this long, 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 long time. You don't bring in a junior college transfer unless you feel there is a need for them to play immediately. That's the advantage junior college transfers have over high school incoming true freshmen. It's that they can play right away. Their bodies are a bit more developed. They're an older, more mature person. So I think there's a a role for Marco Lee in that backfield. Obviously, there's a role for Keyshawn King in that backfield. How much bigger is it than the the role he had this past year? We'll see. Two incoming true freshmen uh, make for a very crowded backfield. I would not be surprised if if this is not the first bit of attrition we see from the Hokies backfield in in the running back room this year, this offseason. I would expect to have a a little bit more shaking down. I don't know if we'll have more additions, but we'll have a few more players saying see ya. And it's okay. And it's okay. This is not a position I'm worried about necessarily because of the way they addressed it. I always say actions speak louder than words. And when the Hokies went out and in a 15-person class, including transfers, they signed four running backs, my spidey senses started tingling that they were preparing for this exact scenario. And I like when coaches can deal with scenarios after they've been preparing. If we have any surprise departures, 
That's where I'm going to get worried. I don't think this was a surprise. Even if it is for some of the fan base, I don't think it's a surprise for, for anyone inside that building. So do you know what you do in this situation? You wish Deshaun McLeese all the luck in the world. You hope he has a long, 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 long NFL career. And that someday you're, you're lifting in like the Deshaun McLeese weight room from the donations he's given back to the program. Someday you're telling uh, recruits in their living room, you want to be the next Deshaun McLeese. You got to come to Virginia Tech. You just have to root for his success from this point forward. Success for your players is success for your program. That, like you've said it a lot, like, you know, success in the NFL, like that is the big, big recruiting tool. That exactly. Like, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, first player uh, in his year 21 season to have two uh, 100, or 100 tackle seasons. Use that, right? Terrell Edmonds, starting for the Steelers. Use that. It's leverage. Kyle Fuller, Kendall Fuller, balling out on Sunday night football. Use that. Hopefully, Deshaun McLeese, next, this time next year, will be saying, Deshaun McLeese, Use that. Let's take a break. That's it for Hokie Hour. When we come back, the top five. Stick around.